we back and 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 Hey, this ain't no intro, this the entree. Okay. Hit that intro with Kanye. I sound like Andre. Tryna turn my baby mama to my fiance. She like music, she from Steelers season recap. Thank you very much, Chance the Rapper. I am Josh Wagner. Been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, happy to be back doing it. Not at the circumstances necessarily, but back with Gritty Sports. Riding solo today. Uh, I did one of these with John Harrell, also part of the podcast team last time. It was really just me talking, so I didn't want to subject him to that. So this is the Pittsburgh State of Emergency Sports Edition Part 2. Uh, we talked about this last year when the Steelers lost to the Jaguars, and man, did I think that that was going to be, you know, the worst I would have to talk about the Steelers for a while, but uh, looks like I was wrong, and here we are again, sitting down with all of you and uh, trying to figure this shit out, and uh, we're going to break it all down. Um, I'm going to try and keep calm for as long as possible with most of this. Um, so I'm going to stick to the notes. So let's get started with the start of the year uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, uh, picking in the mid-20s, they lost to the Jaguars last year in the divisional round. Every year is a Super Bowl expectation for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I shouldn't have to tell anyone that anytime. Um, that's just the way it is around here, and there's a certain expectation you have to uphold, and they didn't get it done this year. So let's start at the beginning, and we'll break it all down. Like I said, um, Le'Veon Bell. Let's let's start from the the shit pile. Let's start at the very bottom of where this pretty much started. Um, Le'Veon Bell deciding to hold out. We thought he would be back. We didn't think it would be an issue um, as he came back last year after he held out for a good long while. And... Well, it turned out that it is a big deal because he didn't come back. He held out what ended up being the entire season, kind of, you know, put around a shroud of mystery around this team all season long. And, you know, the Steelers, you know, years past, they're a team that is not about the drama. They're about getting their job done. You know, Tom always said the standard is the standard. Well, um, this is kind of where things went awry. And I don't mean that because... Le'Veon Bell was, you know, the missing piece to this year's team. You know, that's not true. Obviously, James Conner rushed for almost 1,000 yards in 13 games. I uh, missed those three games with a high ankle sprain. He was electric for the Steelers. So I don't think they really missed that uh, from Le'Veon Bell. James Conner, obviously, I don't have the stats in front of me just because this is an off-the-cuff type of thing. But James Conner was also excellent in the passing game. So was Jalen Samuels. But I mean that this, this kind of started – you know, to to get at the team. You know, it was the tear in the seam before your favorite pants rip in half when you do a squat out of nowhere. That hasn't happened to anybody else, okay? All right. Maybe that's just me, but the Le'Veon Bell holdout really put stress on the team. You saw the linemen midway through the season kind of air their dirty laundry and what they thought of everything. And um, so, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, the holdout, uh, didn't end up going the way that anyone had thought. Sorry, fantasy owners. I uh, know a lot of Le'Veon Bell owners. But if you handcuffed like you should, you would have been fine. Uh, if you had James Conner, you would have been excellent. Let's start with the Browns tie, season opener. Uh, this was a game the Steelers had very much at hand through most of the game. 
They ended up tying. Ben Roethlisberger had a litany of turnovers. It was just an ugly game. It was pouring down rain. Uh, the Browns were riding high. You know, they have a good defense, still have a good defense. Uh, Steelers didn't execute. They end up tying. Um, then they go ahead and they start the season at 1-2-1. and one. Um, They also lose to the Ravens in that stretch. Uh, they beat the Buccaneers. But, again, it was a brutal start to the season. They end up overcoming it, obviously. Um, but... This is the first time we kind of see the writing on the wall with Antonio Brown. They start 1-2-1. One, and one. He starts losing his mind like a toddler in a toy store, basically. Um, pretty uncalled for, honestly. I don't know what, what this guy's deal is. We'll, we'll get into A.B. a little bit later. But this is the first time A.B. flies off the handle, starts talking a bunch of nonsense, you know, wanting to be traded, blah, 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 whatever. Um, so that's when it all starts there. Steelers then go on a huge winning streak, which puts them at 7-2-1. and one. Uh, So they go six weeks. They play really well in those six weeks. We see the emergence of Juju Smith-Schuster in those weeks. Antonio Brown is reeling in touchdown catches. James Conner is amassing almost 800 yards in that stretch, and he is just utterly dominant around the league. You see Mike Manchak and the offensive line just going out there and handling business. The defense has some holes in it during that time. But you can see they're kind of starting to adapt. Joe Hayden missed a few games in that time, so they had to go to Artie Burns, Cody Sensiball, and Mike Hilton. They all got valuable snaps. You saw during this midseason as well, first-round pick Terrell Edmonds out of Virginia Tech, the safety. He's playing more minutes than he was expecting to play, and that turns out, I think, to be beneficial in the long term. Kind of got thrown into the fire. I don't think he was terrible. And, again, we'll evaluate a lot of these players toward the end of this. But I don't think he was bad at all. I think he did a pretty good job under the circumstances. So the Steelers go 7-2-1. Everything's good. I'm pretty sure they had a 97% chance to win the AFC North because at the time the Ravens were 4-5. and five. This is when Joe Flacco goes out with his hip injury, mind you. And, uh, yeah, so the Steelers are basically guaranteed the playoffs at 7-2-1 after week, I can't, after week 10. Six games to go. They had Denver, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Patriots, the Saints, and the Bengals to finish the season. Denver happens. It was the trap game we were mainly expecting as Steelers fans because we all thought it was going to be in Jacksonville. Somehow they miraculously win that. And as I always tell Steelers Nation, you don't win and get rid of the trap game. You have to lose the trap game to have the trap game. I don't know why people don't understand that more. But they lose in Denver. Big Ben throws a pick at the end of the game. Uh, James Conner, he either got hurt in the Denver or the, or the Chargers game. I can't recall off the top of my head. But they weren't able to run the ball very well. Case Keenum played like dog shit and still won the game. This is a game the Steelers should have won, even though it was in Denver. Um, ended up being the start of the collapse. They go into L.A. And, I mean, talk about a game where nothing goes your way. Let's just map out the Chargers game for a second. Okay, the game starts with an obvious false start against the Chargers. Not called. Ends up being a 60-yard touchdown pass. Steelers give up seven points. Just completely dumbfounded. Keenan Allen makes a touchdown grab in which would have been an interception from Joe Hayden. Instead, the two defenders run into each other. Ball pops up in the air, and Keenan Allen catches a touchdown pass. Two unlucky circumstances. Uh, Steelers still stay in the game, though. 
And then the end of the game, Michael Badgley kicking a field goal, which I think was like 38 yards to start with. Steelers are called for offsides after he misses it. I didn't see it. I thought he was onside the first time, whoever was going off the edge. Obviously, the Steelers get hosed on a false start and an offside. We all know the officiating has been terrible. We're not going to harp on it a ton, though. You know, they talk about great teams overcoming adversity. And, uh, you know, this is just one of those things that they didn't get done. They, you know, don't leave it up to the refs. They kick the field goal. They win the game. Uh, Steelers lose two in a row. They go into a must-win scenario in Oakland. And, you know, it's funny how these stats stack up over the years. But the Steelers have had five losing seasons now as of today. Or five years they haven't made the playoffs. I'm sorry. They haven't had a single losing season under Roethlisberger and Tomlin. Uh, but they haven't made the playoffs five times in that tenure. And those five years, they played the Raiders in every single year. I mean, you got to be kidding me. The Raiders? The Raiders? This is the team that's our kryptonite? Uh, I mean, I know everybody has their teams, but man, what a dog shit opponent to have as yours. I mean, come on now. The Oakland Raiders, the joke of the NFL, that is the Steelers' Achilles heel. I mean, thank God we're not playing Oakland next year. I mean, it gives me hope, you know. You're going to make the playoffs if you don't play Oakland, apparently. Just an unbelievable stat to be unearthed. I saw that a couple of days ago, but that's just crazy. Absolutely brutal, too. Uh, so they lose in Oakland. Chris Boswell slips on a field goal because the Raiders play in a fucking baseball stadium that is one of the worstly, or one of the worst maintained fields in all of you know pro football. I mean, they're out there playing on a baseball field when it rains constantly. The field is a piece of shit. Chris Boswell slips, missed the field goal. Steelers lose. Again, another tirade to go off onto in a different day. Then they go into a must-win scenario against the New England Patriots. Now, this is a game, personally, I did not see the Steelers winning. Tom Brady, you know, good or bad games, they always find a way to beat the Steelers. They somehow... The Steelers did. They went out. They won the game, a 17-10 game, a defensive struggle, which we didn't see happening. You could kind of see Brady in the offense. I mean, can we just say that Gronkowski is dead? I mean, Gronkowski is done. The guy can, and you saw it in the Miami Miracle, too. The guy can't flip his hips without falling over. This guy is living off of borrowed time, and it's not even close. Let's look now to the Saints game. Saints game right after that, after the Patriots game. Steelers win against the Patriots. Ravens win against the Chargers, so that means the Saints game becomes, again, a must-win game. The Steelers don't get it done in New Orleans. They hang with the best team in the NFC, and this is, you know, the most frustrating thing about the Steelers is that they have, you know, one of the best teams. And they can hang with just about anyone. It doesn't take, you know an expert to just look at the eyeball test and say, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are an extremely talent. They're oozing with talent. They can hang with anybody. They can lose to anybody. And that's been my philosophy over probably the last 15 years with the Steelers, uh, just because they always play to the level of their opponent, whether it be good or bad, but they hang with the saints. Um, Steven Ridley. I mean, my God, this, this, this is why we need to talk about coaching at the end of this podcast, because Steven Ridley End of the game, trying to salt the game away. You're putting Steven Ridley, a Patriots sympathizer, in the game to fumble. He fumbles. We lose momentum of that game. Juju ends up fumbling at the end. It is what it is. 
and the Steelers lose a huge game, which ultimately kept them out of the playoffs, and it was all because of a Stephen fucking Ridley fumble. Stephen Ridley, guys. We are talking about a season where Stephen Ridley shouldn't have seen the field. Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Jalen Samuels. Stephen Ridley is the fourth-string running back. Why is he in the game? Why was he playing? Nobody will ever know that. Absolutely asinine. So we go to the end of the season. The Ravens win out. Uh, I think they won four of their last five. They get the last spot. The Steelers beat the Cincinnati Bengals. A.B. doesn't play. There's more on that coming up. Um, So the Steelers missed the playoffs, fifth time under Tomlin, and that's why we have this podcast. It's really just the aftermath that you people wanted to hear, right? Well, if you're still here, let's get into it. Um, So the Steelers finished 9-6-1 after they were 7-2-1 with a 97% chance of winning the AFC North. They don't win it. Um, They're going home early this year. It's It's a tough pill to swallow for Steelers fans. It's one of those things where you realize the mortality of Ben Roethlisberger and you look around the league, you know, the book hasn't been written on a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, but, you know, Sam Darnold looks bad sometimes. Josh Rosen looks bad. Uh, Baker Mayfield looked really good. Lamar Jackson, I'm not convinced, is actually good. Um, I'm probably missing someone. But all those quarterbacks, it just, you get spoiled over time with having a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, You get used to having him. You get used to, you know, what he does and all the greatness that he's brought. He has two Super Bowls. He's been to three. And this is just a shot. You know, it's a shot right to the chest of, you know, Ben Roethlisberger next year is going to be 37 years old. When does that drop-off come? He had a career high in interceptions this year. I will counter that with the fact that he had a career high in passing yards. He becomes the seventh quarterback all time to get to 5,000 passing yards. Uh, I think he finished with 33 or 34 touchdowns. That was a career best for Ben Roethlisberger. So, I mean, you can take what you want. The fact is, is he was taking shots down the field. He's passing a lot this year. Um, he also had a pair of receivers at 1,200 yards apiece. First receiver duo to do that since Sanders and Demaryius Thomas. Uh, a few years back, Juju, Antonio Brown, lethal combination. Uh, Vance McDonald was an aberration this year from time to time. He showed up sometimes. You know, we saw the Tampa Bay game early in the season where he sent a man to the IR from a stiff arm. You know, absolutely incredible. Um, and James Conner in the backfield. But, you know, it's just it's one of those things where, you know, Big Ben is not going to play into his 40s like Tom Brady and Drew Brees. That's, that's not going to happen. You know, Big Ben, he's a big body. Those things wear. And he's also, you know, a gunslinger. You watch Tom Brady, and as great as he is, if he doesn't get the ball out after three seconds, he's throwing that ball in the dirt. Because, one, he's very aware of how old he is. And, two, he knows he's not going to make a play outside the pocket. You know, he's not going to shake off a tackle. Ben Roethlisberger, I still think in his mind, thinks he's 25 years old. Um, You know, he's still running around out there, no regard for his body. He had a couple of injury scares this year, but he actually played almost every game except the Oakland game. And, oh, my God. Talk about a, a blown play from the coaches in the Oakland game. Ben Roethlisberger could have came back in the second half. Mike Tomlin likes to let Josh Dobbs out there. I mean, Josh Dobbs, he's supposed to be able to move the ball. He's supposed to have an offense that can move the ball. Why did we get rid of Landry Jones if Josh Dobbs can't get a fucking first down? That is just baffling to me. I don't understand it. 
Um, I don't understand the coaching decisions a lot of this year, and we're about to get into the coaches now because, you know, we just recapped the entire season. We talked about Ben getting older. Um, we're going to talk about A.B. lastly because that's going to send me into a tiff and into some sort of spiral. But uh, let's talk about the coaches. So, first of all, let's start at the top. Let's talk about Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. That is fantastic. Um, but expectations were not met this year. And I know there's a lot of yinzers in Pittsburgh calling for his head. I think that's justified. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Mike Tomlin shouldn't be fired. But I don't think he should be fired this year. I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to defend him. I'm just going to give you what I think. I think that you have a 37-year-old quarterback. I think you have a system in place where you can win right now. Um, you know, a couple of things go a different way, and that, that was the big thing. The Steelers in close games this year record was just so out of the ordinary. You know, last year they won all those games by a field goal. This year that's the games we lost, and that's, you know, the way it goes. Um, but as far as Mike Tomlin's concerned, I think you let him go another year. Um, I think if they don't make the playoffs, I think if they make the playoffs and don't win a playoff game, I think you seriously consider letting Tomlin go. Um, I think that's something that the Rooney family, and like pride is a problem in this equation because the Steelers have had, you know, three quarterbacks since the Rome or three head coaches since the Roman empire, basically. I mean, this is a, this is a franchise that preaches stability. They're a cornerstone franchise for, you know, the model of consistency. They have six Super Bowls. They're the best franchise and most successful franchise in pro football. That's without debate. But I think you got to look at this objectively and what would be the point in starting a new regime with a 37-year-old quarterback. A new coach is going to want to bring his own guys in. He's going to want to start from scratch. He's not going to want to deal with, you know, all the drama that's going on. Ben Roethlisberger makes it pretty clear that he's in charge in Pittsburgh. Uh, that's been pretty evident over the years. And, th you know, Big Ben has seniority over Mike Tomlin. You know, Big Ben was there before Tomlin. He won a Super Bowl before Tomlin got there. Uh, so I think Big Ben kind of sees himself as the alpha male, and Mike Tomlin's not the kind of guy that's going to, you know, get in his way, I guess. I'm trying to look for a better word, sound smarter, but he's not going to get in his way. So I think you leave everything as is for one more year, uh, I know that's frustrating for Steelers fans because the window's getting eerily close, but what else is out there, too, you know? I mean, Mike McCarthy, maybe. I mean, maybe Mike McCarthy's a Pittsburgh guy, but, you know, him and Aaron Rodgers didn't mix. Big Ben's got an ego as big or bigger than Aaron Rodgers. Who's, who's going to say that's going to end up working out? Are we going to hire Steve Wilkes or Todd Bowles? Hell no. Are we going to get somebody from college? I doubt it. So, I mean, you just got to look at, you know, what, what else is out there for the Steelers if they're going to fire Mike Tomlin? There's nothing out there worthwhile. So I'm thinking we let Mike Tomlin ride it out one more year. We see what happens. Um, that being said, I'm axing Keith Butler. He's got to be gone. As a defensive coordinator, um, taking over for Dick LeBeau, he has just not gotten the job done whatsoever. He has been embarrassing at times. Uh, with his lack of knowledge, as you saw, he was talking about Tyler Eifert before the Bengals game. I mean, come on. You're making six figures, and you don't know who you're playing. That's embarrassing.
And let's look at other scenarios. How about how about playing a linebacker against Keenan Allen against the Chargers the entire game? I mean, my God. How many times do you have to put a square peg into a round hole before you realize you're a fucking idiot? And I know that's not the saying. That's just what I think. Absolutely unbelievable. Keith Butler completely outmatched in every game this season. He was playing dime against the Saints in the goal line against the Saints, a team that statistically loves to run the football. You cannot make this stuff up, folks. You can't make it up. This guy is an idiot. He's a simpleton. He does not know what he's doing. He was much better as just a linebacker coach and being Dick LeBeau's cowboy. Keith Butler has got to go immediately. Uh, Randy Feekner. I think he did an excellent job this year. I know the offense at times was frustrating. The Steelers had the highest red zone efficiency in football this year. That is one thing Todd Haley never did. Randy Fitchner is not, you know, the greatest mind, I think. He was Big Ben's quarterback coach for, you know, a litany of years. But I think Randy Fitchner, Fitchner whatever you want to call him, I've heard it so many different ways. I think he did an excellent job this year. He's the one guy on the coaching staff I think did a very, very stand-up job. He got things done. Big Ben had a career year, like I said, A.B. and Juju over 1,200 yards. James Conner would have been well over 1,000 yards if he didn't sprain his ankle. He got Jalen Samuels involved. He was very good. The tight ends were involved all year. Uh, the one thing was James Washington. I don't really put that on Fickner. Um James Washington will get there. The, the, the learning curve is steep for a rookie wide receiver, so they'll get there. Randy Fickner, I think, stays. I think he did a good job. I think he needs to stay. Danny Smith, though, this is a tough call, special teams coordinator for the Steelers. The Steelers lost a few games this year because of special teams, and that's both on Boswell and Danny Smith. Penalties, uh, giving up you know, long kick returns. I don't know where I stand with Danny Smith. I think it's more of a wait-and-see thing with me. Um, the biggest question on special teams is what, what we're going to do with Chris Boswell. He's owed a roster bonus March 1st. Um, does the team stick by him? Again, this is one of those things, you know, who else is out there as a kicker? You know, we had to start this guy, McGrath. Um, such a tiny dude. He was actually adorable. Um, he could barely kick the ball 50 yards. I mean, that, that's not a guy you can keep long term. Love the guy. You know, he, he, <laughs> he basically won the Cincinnati Bengals game. Um, with all those clutch field goals, but Chris Boswell is uh, is going to be an interesting choice this offseason. I'm not quite sure what we're going to do with it, um, but yeah, just laying it out there. Um, so let's just talk about Antonio Brown before we get away, and uh, you know we'll be back to talk the draft. We'll be back to talk about the future of all the NFL, but let me just talk about Antonio Brown real quick before I hop off the mic. Antonio Brown is a douchebag. He is an absolute douchebag. He's a child. He has become a wide receiver prima donna, as we know it in the NFL. And it is utterly frustrating to me to see this happen to Antonio Brown, a guy who came to Central Michigan without a scholarship. He was a walk-on. 5'10", 185, tiny guy, gets drafted in the sixth round by the Steelers, becomes an all-star. Why are you not humble? Your entire life should have humbled you. 
And now you're outside running your mouth acting like a jackass. I mean, this organization has given you what you are. It gave you an opportunity to play in the NFL. It gave you an opportunity to play with a Hall of Fame quarterback. They shoveled money out the ass into your gullet, your insatiable gullet. I do not understand what is wrong with Antonio Brown. I think that he may be having a personal crisis of some sort, Um, you know, throwing stuff out the window, almost hitting children with a futon, driving 100-plus in residential neighborhoods, always having baby mama drama. I think he's got something going on with him. I don't think this is about football. I don't think this is about Ben Roethlisberger. I think this dude's nuts and screws are loose. And I don't know if the Steelers can fix that. I don't know what you – the guy skipped a whole week of practice because he didn't want to practice. What do you tell – if you're Mike Tomlin, what do you tell the team? This guy's going to come back next year and play? I don't know if I would trust that. If I'm a teammate – do you put your faith? I mean, this is this is football. You're out there with 10 other guys, you know, 11 total. You have to trust those 10 guys completely. You're going into battle with these people. Can you trust Antonio Brown anymore? That's a question. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, hit us up on Gritty Sports. What do you think about Antonio Brown? You know, what would you do with him if you were the Steelers organization? Do you trade him? Do you cut him? Do you kind of do what the Giants are doing and – you know, reinforce the behavior by simply allowing it to happen and just like, well, that's Odell. Well, that's A.B. You know, they're so great. A.B.'s going to be 31 years old next year, getting older. What do you do? I don't know. That's not a question I can answer right now. Uh, Things need to evolve. As of today, he asked for a trade. I can tell you one thing. I have one thing to close on. Antonio Brown wants a trade. Okay. Talk to Plexico Burris. Talk to Santonio Holmes. Talk to Mike Wallace. Talk to Emmanuel Sanders. History repeats itself. The Steelers have a system in which players flourish that they do not in other places. Same goes to Le'Veon Bell. Talk to those people. Ask, ask Mike Wallace what happened when he went to Miami. If you really want to be great, I don't think he wants to be great. Honestly, I think it's more about the money and the stats at this point. That's what it seems like to me. Um, it's all gone to his head rather quickly, but, you know. Talk to those ex-Steelers of years past. I think you could learn a lot from that. Um, I think it's about all I got right now, guys. Uh, if you're still around, thanks for listening. feels a lot better to have all this out. The Steelers got problems, but looking forward to 2019, obviously, as always, Big Ben is there. They're a Super Bowl contender. You can call me a homer for that. We all know it's true. Uh, you know, besides a bad stretch, the Steelers would be in the Super Bowl. Instead, we're here talking about this. It's unfortunate. Uh, the rest of you, though, enjoy the rest of the playoffs. We'll be here throughout the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm out of here, folks. Take it easy. Happy New Year. And uh, here's to a better year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How about it? I'm Josh Wagner. This is Gritty Sports Podcast.